Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have Mark Rivera, who is a local musician. He has been in a handful of bands that uh, tour the state and the na- nation, or, or are you more of a Florida band, or have you guys played? More, more Florida, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, are you from Tampa originally? Yes, born and raised, actually. Okay, where'd you go to school? Uh, high school, I went to Chamberlain and Gaither. Okay. Now, uh, siblings? Uh, they're all older than me, three three siblings. Okay. Got a brother and two sisters. And where do you fall in that lineup? I'm the youngest. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so who introduced you to music, or where, what's your first memory of music, getting yeah. into music? Uh, you know, I was always, like, kind of in, you know, my, my parents from Puerto Rico originally. Okay. So we always had like some sort of music in the house growing up. Very and, different from the type of music you found your way into. Well, um, yeah, I guess. Um, but my my older brother, uh, I remember growing up, I used to flip through his records, his cassettes and his eight tracks. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember seeing like Def Leppard's Pyromania in there. Well, that's just and I saw amazing. Music. Right. Back yeah. in black. But then like, you know, he had he had like some David Bowie in there. He had Prince, Madonna, all that Big stuff. Big brothers, man. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, that's the thing is yeah. the, that, you know, you get introduced to cool music earlier on than you would have otherwise. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my brother-in-law is from Puerto Rico and yeah. his father who has the same name as him is a very famous musician. Mm-hmm. He's passed away now, but it was, I, I can never remember the full name of the band, but it's Conjunto something or other. And uh, it, it's funny because we'll, we, we've like, we've got kids that are about the same age. We'll go to Disney World or something mm-hmm. and like someone working in the hotel will come up to him and say, you look like such and such. And they know him because he looks like his dad right. from this band right. back in Puerto Rico. So right. an amazing musical heritage there. Again, very different from, you yeah. know, what we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, um, my father, um, you know, my father grew up um, in the well, both my parents actually you know, went from Puerto Rico to and they moved to the Bronx when, oh, they, wow. were, when they were kids. And my, but there's, my, that's kind of a, a thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like the, what I call the migration path of the Puerto Rican, you know, right. it goes from, from, uh, uh, New York to, or I'm sorry, from Puerto Rico to New York and then somewhere in Florida, like mostly Orlando and Tampa. Right. Yeah. But, um, my dad coming from a real musical family when, when I had gotten older and got really interested in playing guitar, uh, he bought me, you know, my first guitar and he knew how to tune because of all the guitar players in his family. Like he just pick it up by and, ear. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And he passed that skill on, on to me. I don't even, uh, yeah, not many people. Yeah. I mean, I know I use my little iPhone app because yeah. I can't do it either, That boss but, tuner app comes in handy. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I feel <laughs> yeah. like, uh, an imposter, but in, right. in the absence of a detuned guitar, you know, I'd rather have some, some form of tuning yeah. going on. Now, uh, did your father play too, or he no, could just tune? No, he just, he could tune and, and that was basically, he didn't play any instruments or anything. Um, and what did he buy you? My first guitar, uh, was from the, it's no longer, it's no longer there, but he, we got it from the, uh, Cash America Pond. They used to be across from Alpine Liquors. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, it was in 1984 or 85 and I still have it. Ibanez Roadstar 2. Ibanez uh, yeah. is the gateway drug to guitars for you know, you know it is most at least in the electric yeah. world you know um I, there was this whole period of time and I don't know Pantera and this metal period where everybody had like a BC Rich or a or an Ibanez guitar that was their, yeah yeah their entry point into yeah Carrie King and Carrie King and Jeff Hanneman Slayer were using BC Riches and Alex Skolnick and Testament was an Ibanez guy right. uh, and then like. It, just about everybody switched to ESP in the nineties. Right. Um, and I'm definitely an ESP guy now. 
but I have a soft spot for Ibanez because of that. Like I still have that guitar, but unfortunately it's, it's not playable anymore because the bridge was like proprietary and you can't find the parts. You're right. You know, I got, I got this, I uh, Ben, Ben Weinman ESP, uh, semi hollow, like right? Semi hollow yeah. body with the, uh, what is it called? Always tune or Evertune? Oh, the Evertune. I've been wanting to try the one. The thing of those. weighs like a Volkswagen, though. That Evertune system like triples the weight. I, really? I up, well, so I, you know, like most new guitarists, you buy a bunch of you buy a bunch of guitars more than you'd ever play. You don't know what you're buying at first, and so you kind of figure that out. But one of the big things about that guitar was the pickups that it had on it, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this because I bought it used from like guitars whatever what's the guitar guitar center guitar or, center yeah okay. and whoever sold it had switched out the pickups so i had just these generic whatever pickups it was still a beautiful guitar but it was so friggin' heavy and the, the pickups were just not there so i ended up trading that in for an ibanez and it was one of those super thin ibanez yes. bodies uh, those. it was fun to play although i kept breaking the strings on it for some reason but I got rid of that too. So I, I, I kind of, I kind of stick with Fenders and Gibsons and stuff yeah. now, but um, they're definitely fun guitars to play around. So when did you start getting like serious? Was, did, were you doing lessons or were you just in your room doing your own thing or? I, so I've never, like I've taken maybe like four formal lessons my entire life and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But um, I would just, uh, I had a really good friend of mine uh, by the name of Rob Cameron that I went to middle school with. This kid was like a year older than me. And he was already playing Randy Rhodes solos. Yeah. Like this dude was playing Crazy Train and like everything could play like all the Kirk Hammett solos. He everything. was the Kirk Hammett to your Gary Holt. He, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. 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 Basically. And you uh, know that story that I'm referring to. I do. To. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So um, Rob, uh, you know, showed, you know, showed me kind of like my first, first licks and first chords. And uh, like I borrowed a bunch of the Metallica tablature books from him and he taught me how to read tab. Right. And that was it. I was just playing along to the CDs. You know, that's and, awesome. So yeah. it was Metallica kind of, you know, there's a, a lot of the guys that I have in here that are probably 10 years younger than I am that mm-hmm. are into punk. Uh-huh. If for some reason, Dookie is the album that they all learn to play bass and guitar to. Yeah. So with but with metal, usually it's Injustice for All or it's one of that yeah. stage of, of, of thrash metal albums that yeah. everybody gets into. Was that what was your album? Was do you remember like the uh, first say- one that you just... Slept, I, put on your pillow and slept with at night. Like I, I remember when I was like probably ten when Injustice for All came out. How old are you? I remember, I'm 41. I'll be okay, 42 so, in a couple months. Okay. I'll be 45, so we're about the same age. Yeah. So I remember hearing one when it first came out, and I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. And then, um, like I, I bought, I, I got the album, and it was just kind of like, it was like a lot heavier than the stuff I was used to listening to. Right. And then, um. And then the Black Album dropped and the Black Album was it for everybody. I, you know, people can have their opinions about that album, but that that's what kind of made me revisit the rest of the catalog. Sure. And then the rest of the catalog just, you know, all of a sudden Black Album over here, rest of the catalog right here. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That Black Album is is an interesting turning point in their career. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I, I hope... I hope, I don't know if it's possible, but I hope they have one more great album in them. I mean, their last two... I liked better than the two or three before them, but Death Magnetic was a banger. Like yeah. I, 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 so I like the day that never was and one like could almost be a A and a B side. I like, said that. Yeah. I, I said that when it came out. I remember, but like for me, on that album, it's Judas Kiss yeah. all the way. Just that that dissonant, you know, yeah. riff, and then yeah. you know the you know, you know, yeah. it's just it's so cool. Galloping drum beat. Yeah, 
It was funny because when I was a kid, Lars was like the pinnacle of drumming. Like, yeah. I just remember the video for one when he's doing the the blast beats on the on the kick drum, just thinking, "Oh my god, what is this? This sounds amazing!" But now he gets so much heat from everybody. Yeah. Like everybody shit talks him, and I mean, he's a squillionaire. He's like the Jeff Bezos of heavy metal right. drummers. So maybe that has a lot to do with yeah. the heat that he catches, but. I mean, people have become a lot more technical, but but then another thing that I think is true, and this is really a problem for me in metal, is difficult and good are not. They're not one <laughs> of the same. They're not no. one of the same. And I think people, you know, you start hearing some of this like Dragon Force or who's the guy who was strapping young lad and um, Gene Hoagland, who's one of my favorites, by the way. Gene but who's Hoagland. the main, the lead singer? That's, Devin Townsend. Yeah, yeah. Devin Townsend. Like, I, you know, so I'm a big Mastodon fan. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they kind of get into this whole proggy metal type of scene. And once you get into that world, then people start getting into other f- types of metal. But, but Devin Townsend always comes up and I've tried to listen to it and I just can't do it not not to take anything away from them sure. but it gets to the point where it, it brings back memories of Ingve malmstein and steve Vai and joe satriani it's like what you're doing is bananas hard but this is not something i'm going to drive around in my yeah. car and listen to and, and it's funny i was having a conversation with a uh, with a buddy of mine um i forgot what band i was talking about you brought up ben wyman i was talking about dillinger escape, escape plan yeah. yeah so i had um gone to see Dillinger Escape Plan at State Theater on their farewell tour. I was at that yeah. concert with you. I had I had my son with me and uh, I was with my buddy Derek and my other friend Kristen. And uh, I sat up in the balcony and ate pizza and drank PBR. <laughs> watching me. Yeah, best. we were we were on the floor for some reason. And this is not a testament to 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 Dillinger because they're an amazing live band. But my son was like tired. He's um he was probably about 15, 16 at the time. He was tired. He actually like was sitting on a stool downstairs, falling asleep. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I digress. Um, Dillinger, I was talking to one of my buddies and I was like, you know, I'm just too stupid for these guys. That's what it is. Uh And again, this is I'm not insulting them. They're so talented. But like the the odd time signatures and the dissonance and whatnot, like I got to take a break every couple of minutes. Like, all right, let me readjust and then go back and listen. So I differ from you on them, not to say that I'm any smarter or dumber or anything else, (laughs) but I have this thing and I don't know at what point it happened with music where the more challenging of a listen it is, the more interested I get in it. And so it's really sent me off onto these weird rabbit holes and tangents of music that you've got to work your way. And I don't want to say up to it because that makes it sound like there's something you don't understand. And I don't think that's it. I, I think it's more taste like you're saying, but um, to, you know, I, I just remember, uh, what was the, what was the, was it Miss, Miss, Mich- Misery Machine, Miss Machine, what was that? Florence album? the Machine? No, 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 oh. no, it was, it was the. Oh, Dillinger album? Yeah. Anyway, I remember hearing it for the first time. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? I don't know what this is. And then I listened to it again. Then I listened to it again. Then I listened to it again. And each time it was like a layer of the onion or, or you know, yeah. pulled back and pulled back. It's like, oh, oh, oh. And then you can kind of hear what they're doing, but. I love that show. I was so glad I got to see them before they left. And, and none of the things that they've tried to do independently of that band have fared quite as well as that band. Well, but, Ben's playing with Suicidal Tendencies, which being a guy who's probably around my age, that's got to be cool to play with well, somebody. And not only that, that, but that, yeah. I, what's his... Uh, Greg is doing... Oh, the drummer? This, I don't the know Slayer. what he's doing. Um, 
Uh, Lombardo. Lombardo. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Lombardo's so, doing suicide also. Yeah. yeah so he I gets mean, to play with Mike Mir and and Dave Lombardo. Yeah. Like, suicidal cool Dillinger Escape yeah. Plan and Slayer in one band, and yeah. that's why I love like uh, these Mr. Bungle albums and all these. Oh yeah. Did you hear that new? Well, it's not. I think you might have been the one to point it out. Yeah, it's, not, it's actually an old track that they re-recorded. The whole album is is they're re-recording one of their demos, like boombox demos from the 1980s. Yeah. And but they brought in Scott Ian for guitar for from Anthrax, yeah. and then um, I forgot who else is on it. But like you still like you have Mike Patton there. The guy's guy's a genius. Yeah, he really is yeah. genius, prolific, and just he's got such a wealth. I mean, you could just. Oh, yeah. Again, go down a rabbit hole with him, and oh yeah, I go back to Faith No More, and it's funny because it was a uh, was the album titled Epic or was the song Epic? What was the album was Angel Dust? I think no, Angel Dust was the the next one after it. Yeah, I know Epic was the song. But... Ep- yeah, so that so that album, I was I was in eighth grade or ninth grade when that came out, and I just loved them. And so the albums that came off uh, came after, I remember getting, but I didn't listen to as much as that first one. But going back now, there's so much good stuff there but uh you know i was listening to helmet recently and i hadn't listened to helmet in ages and that was another one that was they're still on my bucket list i've never seen them well they they, they're another one that have kind of splintered off into a a bunch of bands i think the drummer is now in battles uh it's like a two-person band and they do a bunch of instrumental stuff but any event um so uh in high school were you in bands were you playing playing at that level yet not really like you know i jammed with a couple of friends like I, i know um Buddy of mine, uh, Jeremy Gomez, I had jammed with him uh, in high school. He was, you know, doing vocals and we, you know, had a couple of other friends with us. Jeremy and I actually got in a band later on and, you know, played the state theater a few times, things like that. That's cool. But in high school, I, I wasn't really, you know, like I, I aspired to do it, but I, you know, I don't know if I just wasn't around the right people or, you know, maybe I guess all the, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking, what's the phrase I'm looking for? All the uh, stars had it align. Right. Or, yeah, the the yeah. stars just didn't align. I didn't, I actually didn't even really get in my first like serious, serious band until I was like 28. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what is it? What is it that, how did the stars align to, to make that happen? Uh, Jeremy Gomez uh, called me up one day and said, Hey, I'm jamming with these guys. We want another guitar player. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, sure. So uh, we, you know, I learned the songs and uh, you know, we probably, I don't know how many shows we played. It wasn't, it wasn't too many. What was the name of that band? Oh, I cringe when I say this. And Jeremy, when he hears this, is probably going to kill me. I, I was never a fan of the name, but the name was Falling Awake. Falling yeah, Awake? Yeah, I was, yeah, never a fan of that name. He well, that. I mean, uh, so Nasty Savage is like a, a an old school metal band. I know, band from I know about Ron Galetti. Yeah. And they're, they're very popular, but that's yeah. one of the worst I can't, I can't, that yeah, but it, it it plays though. I guess. And then uh, Dave Decker, who's been on this show a bunch of times, yeah. he did his tongue in cheek. But one of the bands that he was in was Vagina Sore Junior, which <laughs> which I thought was you know that was bad intentionally. But yeah. um, anyway, yeah. So falling awake, a yeah. couple, and, and so so how did how did what was the de- spell the demise of that band? Um, Just disinterest I, after a period of time I, from everybody, or you know, I was kind of clashing with with uh, the other guitar player. And as to uh, the direction you were going or what type of music you were going to play or what? Just yeah, I, I mean, it was it was personality clashes uh, and I, I was kind of clashing with him. And like I, I just like the day before the day before a show, and it was a really small show that maybe it was at like a really tiny bar that's not there anymore. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not doing this. You guys have fun tomorrow. And then about three months later, uh, that other guy ended up being out of the band and uh, the bass player from who was in falling awake with me actually ended up moving over to guitar. And that guy is like, was one of my best friends since before that band. You right. Know? Right. So his name's uh, Greg Hartley. Greg and I, uh, 
you know, Greg and I on guitar. I was like, yeah, totally. I'm doing it. I got to show them the songs anyway. I'll totally do it. And uh, it was awesome. And that's when, you know, we ended up doing the state theater after that. Still is that band or a different band? As Falling Awake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when that band went away, what was your next one? Uh, I left that band uh, a few months later for uh, Blood in the Water. Okay. Uh, Blood in the Water was kind of like a melodic death metal band, but uh, the lyrics were real tongue in cheek. Like, yeah. like some of the song titles were like Wolf Dick. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was basically about a werewolf. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then another one was called Snapmare. And, you know, the lyrics were basically about wrestling with your girlfriend. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know that was with my buddy, uh, Derek Wankel, another good friend of mine. Derek was in a bunch of bands out here too. Like one of them was uh, Silence After Tragedy. That was probably like his biggest one that he did. Okay. Uh, but it was it was great. We only did like a handful of shows and huh. then I don't even know why it ended up splitting up. But the uh, other guitar player was, or I played bass in that band actually. But oh, okay. The, one of the guitar players was Evan Ercidi and Evan owns a small venue in Newport Ritchie called the Verona, okay. which is hopefully going to be able to keep its doors open. But that's still, it's still yeah, open and still yeah, going. He's doing, I know he's doing live streams out there. Okay. Uh, he started a couple of weeks ago where he's having bands come in and maybe like you have to RSVP and there's like maybe 10 to 20 people there and then he's live streaming it. And what type of work were you doing when you got out of high school as, as far as a day job? Oh, dude. Um, just really, you know, retail stuff like that. Sure. Um, like I, I worked for, let me think here. I got out of high school and, you know, I, I just, I was one of these guys that like couldn't really figure out what I was going to do. Like a lot of us, you know. Well, if you had a 15 yeah. year old in 2016, yeah. that meant, means you had him in around 2001. 2003. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. how old were you yeah. at that time? Um, when my son was born, yeah. I was 24. Relatively young father. Yeah. Did you yeah. just have the one child? Well, I have a stepdaughter also. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so how old is he now? He's got to be 18 or my son will be 18 in February. Uh, my stepdaughter turned, um, and I hate saying stepdaughter. So my daughter turned 18 two days ago. Oh, wow. So are they still yeah. in the house or are they oh, yeah. out or yeah, they're still in the house. So there's four of you there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any, any musicians besides you in the house? My son, uh, was in marching band in his freshman year and drummer, uh, good drummer is the hardest thing to come by. Yeah. Right. And he, uh, he's, he's taken a little bit of an interest in playing bass. Um, but I mean, we have every instrument in the world in the house. Yeah. So, you know, what, I, I don't, I don't force it on him and, you know, wherever he wants to play, he goes play, but I don't, I'm not like, you have to take lessons today. You know Right. I mean? Well, that's just it. You, if yeah. it's, you got to make it fun. If it feels like work, they're not going to mm -hmm. do it. So blood in the water, what comes after that? Uh, then I took a hiatus. Um, I was, when blood in the water broke up, I was in my first marriage and, um, my, my ex-wife, uh, didn't really care for me, you know, being gone three nights a week, whatever, doing rehearsals. It's a tough, and, it's a tough world to be in, and, and, in a marriage. And being only, you know, being that that was only about 11 years ago or something like that. Um, the technology wasn't where it is today, where like now I don't even have to like really, you know, see my bandmates except, you know, to, to, to jam before a show, you know what I practice mean? Practice is yeah, tough to do virtually, but right. recording or working right. on writing an right. album, you can easily do so, from your, your home. So she wasn't a fan of me, you know, being, you know, being gone a lot. So I, I made that compromise and, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take a break and that's, yeah. and that's it. So that break lasted until, um, you know, fast forward a few years ago, I'm, I'm, engaged to somebody else who, you know, thankfully fully supports my, my hobbies and my dreams. And, uh, I got a, I got the call from mechanism roughly, uh, about a year and three months ago or something like that. So mechanism, uh, that's, that's probably the most successful uh, of the bands. Oh yeah, been for in. sure. For so, sure. so, uh, 
talk to the people who are listening about mechanism type of music sure. where they can find it and all that sort of thing. So mechanism was, um, and, and I, I, I kind of want to give a little bit of backstory too. So, Please. Yeah. Yeah. So about, um, Eight years ago, I was at a, a show at the second Brass Mug location okay. where the Pegasus is now, actually. Okay. And uh, they were playing on a show with Burning Fair Verona, okay. uh, which that's um, Evan, who owns, a, who owns the Verona bar. That was his band. And I went up to see Evan because, you know, we were friends from Blood of the Water. And um, I went to, uh, I, I, you know... I ended up uh, running into Bobby Keller, who's the the lead guitar player in Mechanism, or was rather until last week. And, oh wow! Um, I ended up, you know, running in. We just, you know, we started shooting the shit about music and guitars. Found out we own the exact same guitar, which is a uh, this uh, ESP uh, Kirk Hammett, but it's like in this uh, rare, like metallic green burst finish. Sure. And uh, we just kind of instantly bonded over Doesn't that. Does he have one with like the mummy on it now? Or is he's he, had those, yeah, yeah, since like the nineties. He gets he's got a bunch of them with the custom, you know. The cool like one is the greenie that he got. The, the Peter Green one, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah. crazy. The story behind that guitar, yeah, it is. Anyway, I to cut you off. Keep That's going. All right. That's all right. So, um, you know, Bobby and I were, you know, kind of became friends, and you know, we stayed in touch. Anytime I'd go to Orlando, you know, I I I'd hit him up. You know, he came and you know crashed with us. Uh, when we went and saw Slayer at uh, Hard Rock, you know, yeah. and um, then about two years ago, they put out this wonderful EP called The War Inside. And uh, I was just like, dude, if I sent him a text message as long as my arm, I'm like, I love this. And yeah. If you want a second guitar player, you know, I I'm down. And uh, it took uh, it took about a year, but I got the call and uh, he's like, you know, hey, um, would you be available next Saturday to go play in West Virginia at a festival? Like, yeah. Oh wow, sounds so, awesome, yeah. Yeah, so I went and you know I went and did that, and uh, it was it was a bit of a shit show on my part just because I was so nervous from not having played out. Like I, you know, botched a couple of parts here and there. Yeah, but it was still a fun experience. And uh, uh, unfortunately, last you know last week, you know, Bobby left, and I ended up uh, I ended up uh, just deciding to leave also, um, and. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, I already, I already apologized to her, uh, yesterday when we were kind of chatting over Facebook, but I got to apologize to Mecca cause I kind of let my emotions get the best of me and just kind of put my notice out on Facebook before, you know, contacting her Bobby, right. Bobby knew too, already knew too at that point, but what are you going to do? Um, but it was, it was a fun experience and I, I learned a lot. Um, and, uh, did you record it, it all on any of their albums? I did not. Okay. I did not. Um, they, I think, um, like they, we didn't really work on anything while I was there. It was just sure. kind of like, all right, we got this gig coming up. Let's do this. Let's do this. You right. Know? Right. And now I, I know you got to kind of keep your cards close to your vest, but you yeah. are, can, can we at least say that you're working on something? Yeah. I put that out there already. I okay. am, I am working on something. Um, we did record a song and I'm really, really proud of it. I'll let you hear it before I leave. How does the music so, compare to what you've done before? Is it in a similar vein? Is it different? Is it the next evolution? Like how would you? It's, it's, it's different. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's got the, uh, it, it's, it's got the heavy stuff, but the, uh, the, the choruses are real melodic. Yeah. Like the, the guy can, uh, the, the singer is just, it was crazy. Cause when we were doing the, we were, when we were in the studio, he was just like basically coming up with his vocal melodies and lyrics on the spot. Right. Just like, 
mind yeah. blown. You know yeah. what I mean? It's funny how just yeah. like a, a piece gets changed or a new thing gets introduced and it kind of reignites your excitement about things, you know, because because you can get caught in these plateaus playing or what you're listening to or what you're writing where it's just like you feel like you're not progressing or not getting and sometimes it comes from within you to change it but sometimes it comes from outside you with yeah. a new vocalist or new whatever and you know i've talked to a lot of bands where like a new drummer just can make a huge oh, difference yeah. in you know the speed that you can play how tight you sound i mean obviously that's such a big part of recording and then vocal you know all, i mean all of it's important for different reasons mm -hmm. but it, it's funny you know vocalists and drummers always seem to be something that kind yeah. of makes a band turn a corner. Um, as far as live shows, do you, what, what are some of your first show, best show type of thing? All right. First show. Or most memorable. Sure. First show was Metallica with oh. Fight, Suicidal Tendencies, oh. and Candlebox. Candlebox. At, at the fairgrounds on the property where the amphitheater is, but before the amphitheater was there. So I, I, I saw, I saw yeah. Butthole Surfers, Stone Temple Pilots. Nice. I saw Henry Rollins and Helmet there. Um, I remember that very well. Um, it's funny because the the last fight I was in was at a Candlebox. <laughs> it's <laughs> just so weird. I don't picture people fighting at a Candlebox show. That's well, <laughs> it was it was at Janice Landing, and it wasn't inside; it was outside yeah. because there was a bunch of people that were trying to listen yeah. through the fence, and someone I was with made a smart ass remark to a guy and. They started beating him up and I tried to stop it. And he started punching me and yeah. went from there. But Are anyway, pass the statute of limitations on that. That's like, I know a good lawyer. So <laughs> all right. We're cool. all oh, okay. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> um, so uh, Metallica though, that's, that's yeah. what, so what, what year would that have that been? Was that was August 20th, 1994. I still have the ticket stub. It was, I was 15 years old. So that, was that in like yeah. load or reload era? Uh, pre it was, it was it between was, black album. And they load? were torn behind that box set. They put out the oh, live yeah, box yeah. set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. Uh, fun, you know, cool, cool. And, or funny Lars enough. was still on Coke and Dude, James was still drinking and yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good Metallica. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he, uh, they, uh, what was I going to say? Um, you know, regarding, regarding that show, suicidal Tennessee set from that day, is on YouTube in its entirety, and it's not professionally shot, but it's like a decent quality camera. Was and it? Uh, what's his face? Uh, Rob Trujillo, Trujillo was yeah. playing bass. That's kind of crazy. Well, it's funny too because when he when when Newstead left, I'm like, watch, you're going to get Trujillo, and that's exactly what happened. God, I, I love what is it? Is it some kind of mon or what's the some kind of monsters the movie? Yeah, where they go through all the bass, and it was just like Twiggy Ramirez, Pepper Twiggy Keenan, Scott yeah. Re Reader from yeah. Caius. Uh, yeah. uh, Les Claypool from Primus is yeah. just like Les Claypool's always got the funniest stories. Like he's like, I was more of like a soul RB guy and I can't. Well, he yeah, because he auditioned for them in 86 after Cliff died too, because he and Hammett were like high school friends. Well, what's interesting, yeah. and I didn't know this until somewhat recently, is Larry Lalonde, the guitar player for Primus, was in not repulsion, but Possessed. Possessed. Like possessed, one yeah. of the first like death metal kind of band. Yeah, and what were, a different type of music from primus you oh know? for sure so uh i i didn't realize that until was it was it, it was either in the the grindcore movie that i saw or on in, in the uh murder in the front row but it was i think it was a murder in the front yeah row. i remember yeah. seeing that so it was kind of i gotta watch that again so good. so good so good <laughs> you know what's funny though is i was getting so annoyed by the narrator i was like what is this guy who's this guy narrating and it was turned out it was a comedian brian Posehn. brian Posehn, yeah he's like a huge metalhead and as yeah. soon as i was like oh okay this makes sense 
But before I knew it was him, I was like, "This, why did they choose this I'll guy to narrate it's the this? man, dude. Well, it's so cool. Knowing it's him makes yeah. it a lot easier. But at the time, I was like, "This guy's." I don't get this voice, but in any event, so that was that was first. That was my very first. Episode. Okay, yeah. best. Yeah. Um, you know that's that's hard. I, well, I, I have three to, best, five best. I so I care. have to like I have to do it based on like you know I love talking about concerts, arena so shows, stadium shows, and like club shows. Well, right, pick one so, of each or do however so you want. If I'm gonna do an arena show. Um, if I'm going to do, and I, I even have to split that because if I'm going to do an arena show, like I, I saw Metallica in Orlando a couple years ago. You don't have ago. to leave till six. Amazing. So you would- <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So, so best or best, um, ra- rather best stadium show, you know, Metallica 2017. It, my son was in me. It was the first time he got to see him, had a bunch of buddies together. We tell you. Was that after Hardwired or before? It was a Hardwired tour. Okay. Yeah. And then, but I've also saw you two at Ray J once or twice. And I think. Like I'm having a hard time remember, but I remembering, but I think I might have seen you two in both the old Tampa Stadium and Sombrero, and I think I saw him again in uh in Ray J after Ray J opened. I've seen him twice in Ray right. J. I saw him when it was uh, I think it was the Beautiful Day album, whichever one that yeah. was, and then when they just did the Joshua Tree where they played it yeah. full. That you know yeah. that was pretty cool. So arena show, I'm gonna have to go with Iron Maiden, and I've oh, seen wow. them. I've seen them three times oh, now wow. in different arenas. Very cool. Yeah, I saw them. Uh, I saw them in South Florida in like 2009. Uh, at the time, it was the Bank Atlantic Center. I don't know what it is now. Then I saw them at uh, at Amelie twice. Saw them in like I want to say 2011 at Amelie, and then I saw them. I don't know in like I don't remember what year that was, but it was like whichever show was after that, like 16, 2016, something like that. Right. Um, and that was cool because Iron Maiden is my son's like favorite band of all time. Oh, wow. And it was his first Maiden What's show. What's his favorite Maiden album? Um, I would probably have to go with Number of the Beast for okay. him. Uh, I'll have to ask him. Sure. You know, but, uh, but I mean, he was two years old in the car with me singing Two Minutes to Midnight. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I wonder how much I should introduce my kids to certain types of music. Like, you know, right now that they're, they've really got a pop sensibility, but every now and again, I can get them listening to a song that they don't realize is a little bit heavier and catch them bopping Dude, their heads. Let, let them hear it all. Just the only thing that, that that I was mindful of is if there were like some, you know, like I was very mindful of the lyrics. Oh, so yeah. like I didn't, you know, I didn't need him at four years old, you know, hearing Slayer talk about sacrificing virgins. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want Slayer yeah. lyrics or Misfits lyrics. Right. Yeah, exactly. You got to, you got to, you got to right. understand the context that those are being written in. Right. And it's all tongue in cheek. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, um, I, I had, I was in, invited, given the opportunity and I chickened out to go play with Wolfface up in Gainesville at Fest to oh, do. Oh, you should have done it. To play uh, they, one night, the the Friday night set, they did uh, Misfits, the whole thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's on YouTube. You should watch it. And then yeah, uh, the following night was Originals, but they, they were going to let me come play Skulls with them. <sighs> and so I'd listened to that song a million times, but I never sat down and read the lyrics to it. And I was like, oh, wow, it's chopping little pet girls' heads off and putting them on the wall. Pretty and, much. Yeah. So in any event. Yeah. Um, all right. So those are your arena concerts. Yeah. Now we go to medium, medium level venues. So I have concert seen, halls. Yeah. Hmm. Like, like smaller shows. Um, I've, I've seen probably like, I, you know, it's. God. Don't worry if about gotta, it. If I'm I got, if I got okay, I'm going to give you two. I have like two people listening to the show. I'm going to so give you two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you two. Uh, so one of my favorite bands who I think is just completely underrated. And I was talking to you about them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Machine Head. 
Yeah. Like I've seen Machina probably about a dozen or so times. They, they, yeah, they, they could have been much bigger than they were. And that one album, I mean, everybody just the black, the blackened or blackening is the one everybody jocks, man. Everybody loves that one. Yeah. I actually like the one that came after it more unto the locust. Right. Um, but I think with, uh, like catharsis kind of like, you know, stalled some of their momentum that they had. Uh, the album was so divisive. Um, Everybody had to weather the new metal yeah. storm and some of this well, other catharsis stuff. was like two years ago. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. you know, they, they definitely, so they definitely did the new metal thing. Like if you listen to uh burning red and supercharger, those yeah. are like straight new metal, like Rob Flynn straight up rapping on, yeah. on the burning red. I don't mind it. You know what I mean? But yeah. a lot of, a lot of people did. Yeah. Right. And that's why they lost their record deal. And they're, you know, by the time they came around with, uh, through the ashes of empires, that one, uh, came out in Europe six months before it hit here because they lost their American record deal. Right. But it did so well in Europe that Roadrunner re-signed them. Yeah. 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 But um, in any event, I've seen them, uh, I would say like the the best show that I saw them at was was probably, again, with my son at the State Theater. And uh, it was his first show, his first ever concert. He's, wow. he's a month shy of 13 years old. I, I told myself I'm not going to take him shows as a teenager. But I'm Put like, headphones on him or earplugs? Or, no, 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 I'm yeah. a bad parent. Um, but we well, were, I've been to Bucks yeah. games and I hate going yeah. to Bucks games, but I've been there yeah. and those cannons go off and I'm looking. There's these yeah. little babies that are just frying yeah. out in the sun with those cannons going I now that I think about it, I think he might have had earplugs yeah. in, but he was he we were right up front on the rails oh, you know, wow. for, for about a good 75, 80 percent of the set. And it was cool because it was a band that he really loved. It's yeah. a band that I've loved for, you know, decades. Right. And we got to go. So them, but then also Hatebreed. Oh, really? Hatebreed, yes. I've seen them. I've more seen hard, them from, a little hard, more hardcore. Yeah. And and the thing is that band, um, like, they, you know, a lot of people give them flack because, you know, they have the, you know, tough guy strength through adversity kind of lyrics. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? That helped me through some difficult times in right. my life. So yeah. what? Yeah. And I've I've had the pleasure of meeting those guys a few times. I actually ended up um about a year and a half ago on Obituary. That's Jamie Jostas yeah, band, right? Ja- yeah. yeah. I I just read something jo- yeah. he's got Jostas Pasta. Jostas Pasta. Yeah, coming out. Yeah. But I uh I ended up on Obituary's tour bus oh, with, wow. with uh like at at the Ritz over here. Buddy of mine is is good friends with uh Ken Andrews from Obituary and with Matt Byrne from Hatebreed. They were on tour together. So he calls me up the day of the show. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing tonight? Nothing. Cool. You want to go see Hatebreed and Obituary? Yeah, we get there. And he's waiting there behind the venue for me with two all-access passes and tickets. I'm like, oh, cool. Wow. So That's I ended up on, get, yeah. on their tour bus with, you know, with... Uh, the guys in Obituary got to be in their mid-50s yeah, by now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But, you know, Corpse Grinder was on the bus. Like, yeah. everybody was on the bus. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, That's sure. awesome. And then what about the smallest venue top shows? Well, that's that's what I was saying about Hatebreed. Okay. I, I've I've mostly I've only seen them on a huge stage like once or twice. Right. But like I, I've caught them at State Theater a bunch of times, like more times they could catch. So as far as albums, you mentioned a little bit uh, ACDC and uh, so, what was the other one that you're, you said your brother put you on? Pyromania like? from Def Leppard. Pyromania. That from was Def Leppard. yeah. There's like two or three Def Leppard albums that I can just put on and listen to. And that's one of them. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Amazing. I would be, it's funny to me with how pop culture kind of recirculates and reinvents and mm-hmm. that that hasn't somehow popped back up yet. I don't even know what, what the, what would be the Def Leppard of today? I don't even know, man. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want I wish we would come back because it was so fun. Yeah, 
I mean, I, 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 I get that. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to think of bands that like are like nobody, you know, I mean, Def Leppard's still around, so I guess there's still the Def Leppard of today in a well, way. Well, for sure, but, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? but I mean, but, you know, in their prime kind of fun, fun metal, hard rock music. And the, here, so there's, there's, I, I can kind of pick a band on either side of it. I'll be interested yeah. to see. So you've got Nickelback, who's kind of, you know, the lightning rod that takes shit for everybody. Yeah. And then there's Foo Fighters, which is kind of dad rock. And I, I think n- neither of them are them, but they're both kind of on different sides. Yeah, of and them. I would have actually put Five Finger Death Punch in that category, too. I've never um, heard a single one of their songs, um, but I, they catch I, a ton of heat. I, yeah, they catch a ton of heat. I, I, you know, I try not to to bag on on other bands just because, sure. like, I'm in a band. And, yeah. and when people do that, it's, you yeah. know, just, like, I have my opinions, but but the thing is, is that this is how I look at it. Regardless how I feel about any band's music, and especially, like, Five Finger Death Punch, those guys are killing it. They're playing, you know, to 20,000 people every night. Right. You know what I mean? So they're, they're doing something right. So right. Why, why bag on them? You know what I mean? So before COVID hit, how often were you playing live? Was it quite a we bit? Were, or? Um, well, I was doing before COVID hit, we were probably doing like, um, let me think. We were doing like one show a month, okay. something like that. Do you miss it? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I, I just, it, it was out of my life for so long. That once I got it back, I was like, oh, my God, this is what was missing. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it sounds like you're in a good place. Oh, yeah. With your family, with your music, yeah. with, oh, yeah. with everything. Yeah. Um. So uh, what's the plan? And again, cut me off if I'm sure if I'm stepping into the subject matter you don't want to get into. But That's what's cool. the plan with this new one? Is this going to be like a the the thing? Are you full full land? Oh, yeah. Touring, I, I mean, that kind of stuff. Yeah. We we've talked about it in depth. Uh we actually we were, we were actually all on a, a Zoom meeting last night. Okay, and uh, you know we kind of were we're mapping out some goals. You know, are you a songwriter as well? Are you? <laughs> it's funny because I, I never thought of myself as as a songwriter, but like I'm the only guitar player in this band right now, and the guy that I'm replacing is just you know I told these guys straight up like the first Zoom meeting we ever had. I'm like, listen, I am not him. I'm I can't do what he does. Yes, I can play these songs, right. but his abilities are are you know different and in 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 a lot of ways and in most ways excel mine. Right. You know? But what it's forced me to do, it's it's really challenged me. And Sharpen your sword, yeah. Right, right. And uh I've been able to, you know, I, I learned the songs pretty quickly, right? Like the, the stuff that they already have. Um but as far as being a songwriter, like we you know, the three of us wrote this, this song that we just recorded and God, I can't wait to drop it. And again, I'll when, when is that I, happening? Well, we got to get the video together next, Okay, uh, but we're anticipating probably like December, January. Earliest. Okay. Do you have a um, name for it? I know you won't say it, but do you have a name for it? I do. Uh, we do have a name for okay. it. And, and yeah, not gonna, you can tell me off here. I will. Yeah. Like I said, I'll let you hear it before they right, got on my phone. Cool. So what, uh, as far as uh, music that you're listening to right now, what do you, what, what's in heavy rotation with you? Um, I, I uh, have been listening to the the music of the band that I am, am right, playing in right. now, just trying to get a feel for everything. But also, like, uh, I know the Riley Gale died like a week or two ago. Did you see that show when they came with uh, High on Fire? I did not. That and was I've been great. listening to a lot of Power Trip lately. They're amazing. Um, they I mean, are. And you they listen are. to it and you're like, yeah. They they uh, hang yeah. right in there with but the big four, yeah. It's it's weird because like I, I had this conversation with my son the other day. Like my my music taste is actually pretty eclectic, but not at the same time. Yeah, because I like 
all kinds of different artists from different genres, but I also like what I like. And a lot of times when somebody introduces me to somebody new, I'm just like, eh. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah. You know, forever I was I was on the, the cutting edge of what was new and everything. And now I, you know, more often than not, you posted today, you know, you can trust yourself in the first yes, six Black, Black Sabbath, Sabbath albums. albums. And yes. I, I, I've heard I've heard different versions of that. Yeah. Trust the first four, the first five and the first six. Yeah. You get to five or six. It's it's. Listen, Sabotage had some bangers on it. Since the universe, uh, no, for I sure, mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but they, God, that band goes through some periods. But they did. Wow, that yeah, their music is just just amazing. I saw their reunion tour. Did In you 13, see them when they came back? There. Yeah, yeah, I was there. And dude was like seventy, running around on the stage yeah. and dumping water on his head, and I mean, hanging in there. Yeah, and you know. Like who else? Who was drumming for them for that? Tommy Clefitos, okay. Rob Zombie's drummer. I yeah, think. yeah. But um, didn't they have Brad Wilk for a minute? From he recorded on the album. Okay, on thirteen. Yeah, yeah. But um, who else in the history of music, especially modern music, can can lose two fingers on his fretting hand and invent an entire genre of music? Tony Iommi. Like, there's so much about him and yeah. them and the music and the the swagger and I mean. These were these were not like effeminate dandies. These were blue collar steel town. Oh yeah, Bir- they were from Birmingham. I mean, Geezer Butler is like a badass. Like there's yeah. stories about him just like destroying people, and yeah. and then with Tony, you know, he's got those the rubber, the composite the symbols, whatever yeah. tips on his fingers. It just created a whole world yeah. of music, and that and- that whole scene in Birmingham, like Priest was from Birmingham, and I want to say that. Zepp, uh, Zeppelin might have even been from Birmingham too. Um, I don't know about Motorhead, but like that that whole area, it's just like you know, it, it's like we have you know Seattle and LA and and you know Chicago and places like that that are hotbeds. But Birmingham, especially in the late '60s, early '70s, was definitely a pretty big hotbed too. So you know, I really went in all you know head first into the whole kind of doom sludge slower metal type of thing like mm-hmm. you know i'm c- not coming out of it now but it was almost exclusively all i was listening to for a while and you know so you know all of that is black uh black sabbath at heart um where was i going with that there's a point i was gonna make i forget what the point <laughs> i do I was that all the time yeah cool. no i'm getting old but um i forget what it was but uh in, in any event um oh that's what it was uh I was watching Mindhunter. Did you ever see that show on Netflix about serial killers? I want to say that I did. Well, the 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 finale of the first season, uh, they play In the Light by Zeppelin. Can you <sighs> and that I was like, this is possibly one of the best Doom songs I've ever heard, and it's Led Zeppelin yeah. playing it. And I don't even know if I had ever heard that song I before. And I was like... started that show, but we didn't finish it. So oh, my God. Well, and then, and then they start out season two with uh, uh, Roxy Music. What's what's the name of that song? Melvin's covered it. Anyway, uh, I, I love I love when shows like introduce me to, to music or remind me of songs yeah. that I haven't heard oh, yeah. in, in ages. Um, anyway, well, I appreciate you coming by today. I can't wait to hear the new stuff. I wish it was getting dropped now so I could promote it now, but when it, when it's live, let me know and yeah. I'll put it out on the, well, I got more time. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, you no, want to go? Let's go. We can keep talking. Yeah, music. let's go. So, um, <laughs> in the, you know, so with, with your recording, uh, you're, are you recording it here in Tampa? I, I know we talked a little bit about who you're using. Uh, 
I, I yeah, I can't really go into that. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and how is that going? Is that is it's, that it went to me? It went to me. Is this your first recording? Um, no, I actually, and I'll, I'll tell you about that a little bit, but, okay. um, I, uh, uh, it's, it, it was amazing. Like the, the thing is we, you know, we're looking for somebody that, that didn't just, you know, record our takes. Right. We needed somebody that we could bounce ideas off. Correction. Of. And, some, yeah. Right. We needed somebody to actually act as a producer and not just an engineer. Did you have a sound idea that you wanted? Like, I want to sound like this, or I want to sound like that. It. We did, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, because uh I, you know, I like I have very specific tastes with regards to to albums that I like in their production. Right. So I'm a big fan of Andy Sneep's work. He he's, you know, metal producer. He worked on a bunch of Exodus records. He did a couple of uh Megadeth records, like some of the newer Megadeth records. Sure. And his stuff just sounds pristine, like you can hear everything. Guitar you like a very bass. clean right sound. And uh I communicated that to the uh, person who produced this track, but it didn't matter. And I'm not saying that with a negative connotation. Sure. Like we went in there, he's like, all right, cool. Plug in. This is what you're using. And I'm like, holy shit, you're right. That sounds amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he just, he nailed everything right away. And, and yeah. And, and uh, you know, I went, we went in there with, um, we went in there with the song basically like 90% written. And, you know, there's there was one part in particular where he's just like, hey, I see what you're doing here, but try it this way. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of a novice with a lot of that stuff. So I'm I'm very open to listening to. to you can to make me better because, by all right, means do it. Yeah, right. And I tried it his way. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. That sounds so much better. Now it's vibing for real. Right. Yeah. I, I, I talk about I got to go into the studio with the Wolfface guys and yeah. Dan, who's the bass player, owns Rock Garden Recording. Yeah, over Byers, and, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got to watch them. And it was it was so cool for me because there's so much there's such a there's so much that goes into the stuff that you listen to that you don't realize about. Yeah. And just watching him set up the mics and, you know, how how big of a part of the recording the drums are and how yeah. much work it takes to get those right and everything else. It's just it, it's just really cool to me you know yeah. it makes me appreciate a lot more of these albums that you know not that i have a trained ear but when you don't have any idea what's going on it's just oh i like this i don't like that but now i can like like a song because how the bass sounds just purely yeah. for this that or the other reason so yeah. um so i'm going to tell you so my other recording experience was probably about a year and a half ago and um my uh my buddy chris that lives in new york he's uh um, we got some mutual friends that live down here. Um, and you, you might even be like mutuals of mutuals with, with this guy, but sure. Stu beans on Facebook, an amazing bass player, amazing singer. And then he, he's got like a cover thing he does on weekends sure. and he made a studio in his garage, uh, best name ever chocolate starfish studios. Oh yeah. And, uh, and he's not a Limp Bizkit fan. So that existed before that, Oh wow, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, uh, we, they, uh, Chris and Stu are huge Kiss fans. They're, they're a few years older than me. And, uh, they grew up on Kiss. They're a huge Kiss fans. So much to the point that a few years ago, they flew down to, uh, Key West and did the Gene Simmons masterclass with Gene. Oh, wow. And part of that class is you get to write a song with Gene. Oh, wow. So they, they wrote a song with Gene and, uh, we, we recorded it. Um, and I got to find the, uh, I don't mean to be rude on my phone, but I got I can't no, remember what he ended up calling it on Facebook or I mean on uh, Apple Music. But um, the song is called Loose Lips Sink Ships. Perfect kiss. Right. Song title. And uh, and 
I got to do the guitars on it along with a gentleman named Frankie Castellano and another gentleman named Sergio. Did Gene sing yeah. on it or? Gene did not sing on okay. it. Okay. Um, but it was cool because it was my first kind of recording experience. Uh, and, uh, you know, got to go in and, you know, lay my guitars down. And I think Stu mixed it and did everything. And God, I can't find it on here, but I'll, I'll send it to you later. Yeah. But it's it's pretty, you know, it's it was a little bit outside of my my wheelhouse because it's more of like, you know, straight up like, you know, rock and roll song. Right, right. You know? yeah. And I'm just used to playing fast all the time. So. Well, but, I, you know, <laughs> that's an interesting point is you were talking yeah. earlier about what you like, but being eclectic. And, you know, I've got friends that play in some bands over in St. Pete that are a lot more kind of world music uh, or tropical music or have. But. You know, you you think back to bands like Sepultura or some of these other bands. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've heard Zeal and Ardor that that metal album. It's 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 almost like death metal slave hymns or something. It's <laughs> it's just crazy. And I, I haven't really heard them or gotten into them, but I know a lot of people are really big into this. Uh, the Who, H U, the they're, they're they're like a you know, I don't know if they're Middle Eastern or where they're from, but um, I, I think that's how we continue to create new stuff is as these other influences kind of work their oh, way sure. in. Um, so, sure. you know, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm always excited to kind of hear something that sounds like it doesn't belong there or is not something you've heard there before, but yeah. somehow it works. Well, you, you're going to hear not, not particularly in this song that we just did, but um, there, we are going to incorporate some of those other elements in here. And, you know, um, they, you know, you know, without giving away too much, you'll, you'll hear some other, other cool elements in there. So when you're, when you, when you have the final product, when you have an LP, will you go vinyl, will you go CD tape streaming? Have you thought that far ahead or? Uh, no, I think, uh, no, we haven't thought that far ahead. I I know initially it's going to be available on streaming. Sure. And then probably after we start playing some shows and, and, you know, get a little reserve built up, uh, excuse me. We can look into, uh, you know, doing a, you know, small vinyl run or something like that. Right. I kind of, kind of Googled some stuff and glanced over it recently. I've been looking so, into it a lot because there's yeah. a couple bands that are local that I've like, as like, you, you should have an album out. Um, there's a Ade Akloba who was on here, uh, last week. He's got this band, Black Clash, that is, I, they're these young kids. He's a, he's this huge black guy, plays lead guitar and, yeah. and sings in it. Do, do you know them or have you heard I them? do not. I'm, I'm um, but, uh, they sound like, they sound like minor threat, but with Cro-Mags oh. vocals. And it's just like yeah. these young kids who were, were not even alive. I, I was sent them a wipers tune today. Um, and I was, it was like, that's from 83. Like, like, I don't even know if your mom was born yet. Like, you know, this is way before you. And, uh, but anyways, um, but it, getting back to the point is yeah, yeah. I've been trying to figure out the whole world of vinyl and it's, 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 it's a yeah. rough world because there's like two presses in Florida. Yeah. I mean, and, there's all kinds of companies online that, that will print it for you. Yeah. And, you know, there's different options. Like you can do the colored and, you know, you can do the, uh, like you a know, plastic the black ones yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff and and you can get it with or without a upc label on it and all that stuff and it's a it's know. a it, it, generally my understanding is it's a finance financial loss but it's a, a labor of love you know to, yeah. just to have that out there i'm a big fan of the melvins and there's a in their documentary they show he and his wife um he, they press all of their vinyl oh that's cool at their house and she does all the art for their covers and it's this real kind of do it yourself, but a very professional do it yourself. And they do it 
at a higher price point, knowing that it's for the collector's market and not necessarily is like, if you want to listen to my music, you can go on Spotify or whatever. But if you want to have this thing to, to hold, you know, yeah, you're going to pay I, a little bit more money, but you're going to have I, this product. Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, I have, um, you know, pretty, pretty, I, I would like to think it's a pretty decent vinyl collection. Yeah. You know, when I came in the office, I saw the the Ozzy and Randy Rhodes poster and, you know, told you I yeah. busted my old copy from the 80s out. Sure. Um, I have a pretty decent vinyl collection. I, I have a, you know, pretty nice turntable direct drive with a, you know, sure cartridge on it and decent, you know, setup at home. Um, and then, you know, also I have, you know, two big drawers full of my CDs still. Like I yeah, still have all I, my CDs. I ended up, got, I ended yeah. up selling them all. My so, wife's like, he's out of here. Yeah. And, um, it's just, there, there's, there's just something about like being able to hold a record. I or a still CD. remember Injustice yeah. for All, just yeah. the liner notes. I, I, yeah. I lo- I was loved to draw and I would draw every puss head thing that I could find. I just thought I that, that was, was amazing. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I was ha- so uh, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine. Um, I, we haven't announced it yet, but we're actually putting on a, a concert in December. Oh, cool! But I I was asking him to. He's the guy who did that poster there with the skulls. And oh, that's cool. Skulls. Yeah, but I was like I was like I want something that's kind of like a mix between Pusshead and Raymond Pettibone, who is. Uh, Greg Ginn and Black Flag's brother. He did all the Black Flag covers. The real kind of that's actually his book right there in front of you. Oh, with Osama. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I, I love those old do-it-yourself. You know, looks like they used a sharpie and just ran a, a thousand, you know, posters off of it. So, oh yeah. Um, in any event, well, I appreciate you coming by. I know you got more time. I actually, my wife's going to be blowing up my phone. All good. I, I need to head home. All good. But uh, I can't wait to. I, and I'm ending a little bit early because I want to hear your track. But um, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for your new stuff to come out. Hopefully, you. uh, hopefully you'll come back on once once that's out yeah. in the world, and we oh, can yeah. talk about it, listen to it, and absolutely. Um, do you know Andrew uh, Domestico? I do not. Okay, do you, are you friends with him on Facebook? No. So you got to check him out. He his uh, deal is a uh, blade of serve. Um, I think you'd really dig his stuff. He brought these by, cool. um, but uh, he he's the most prolific. He's put out like an album every couple months, and actually his producer. Uh, Michael Sinclair is now the producer for this show, but um, oh, he's cool. he does all of it himself. He records the drums, the, the guitar, the bass, does all of it himself. And on the ones that he sings on, some of them are, are uh, instrumentals. But I think you guys will get along famously. Oh, cool. So anyway, yeah, he's another no, I, metal guy. I appreciate you having me. And, you know, um, I appreciate the monster. Yeah. My wife's like, you got to quit drinking those. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, hey, you know, listen, I, I, I don't think that anybody who does, you know, does something for you should, especially when it's their profession, should work for free. So well, that was very that nice was, of you. Know, I appreciate it. And yeah. I'm glad that you figured out a path forward on that issue. So <laughs> sounds you. like everything turned out the it way did. that it should have. All right. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right.